This episode of 40 Under 40 is proudly sponsored by Konica Minolta, a global leader in innovative printing solutions. Just as our young leaders are shaping our industry, Konica Minolta aims to partner with clients to give shape to ideas by supporting their digital transformation through its expansive, intelligent, connected workplace portfolio. Let Konica Minolta transform your workplace experience and drive dynamic business change. Welcome to the NPSOA's 40 Under 40, the podcast where we spotlight the rising stars of the print and sign industry. I'm your host, Paul Strack, and together we'll dive into the inspiring stories of young entrepreneurs who are redefining our industry. I don't want to live a life of mediocrity. I want to push myself to be the most I can be. And even if that means I am terrified while I'm doing it and I'm going to make mistakes and I'm inevitably going to fail at something, it's okay because I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to get better and that's all you have to do. Get ready for captivating conversations on innovation, technology, sustainability, and the ever-evolving landscape of printing. Welcome to 40 Under 40, where youth meets expertise and inspiration ignites transformation. Let's begin. I'm very excited today. For the first time, we have not one, but two guests to join us. Two young owners of PNCC Print and Copy Center in Elko, Nevada. It's my pleasure to welcome Janelle and Kurt Thomas. Good morning, Janelle and Kurt. Good morning. How are, how are things out in Elko, Nevada today? Well, in Nevada... It's, um, I don't know how Nevada's doing, but Nevada, it's blue skies and a nice breeze, and it's going to be about 90, so it's good. Okay, well, good. I always have to mispronounce a city or state on these. It's just become a tradition. Nevada. No, right? Nevada or Nevada? Which one is it? Only Nevadans know that it's Nevada. Nevada. Everyone else thinks it's Nevada. All right. All right. I will not make that mistake more than two more times during this recording. So, Janelle, tell us a little bit about the back, your background and how you've ended up in your position with PNCC. So I kind of had a funny story. I believe a lot in fate, and I believe that things happen for a reason because I don't really have a good reason to be here. It just kind of happened. I was going to school, and I needed more hours to pay rent. And this, I, I actually went to the unemployment office of all places because I never had gone there ever. And uh, they paired me over here, and I thought, I don't want to go make copies. That sounds horrible. <laughs> and then I, I found it was a lot harder than people think. You don't just make copies. And found my way into graphic design. Absolutely loved it. I still finished a degree in um, social sciences, but for some reason, I kept being a graphic designer, even though, again, they don't really match. And I just loved the business. I loved the environment. So I've been here now... Um, in fact, in a couple of weeks, I'll have been here 18 years. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually I got kind of spoiled and I realized I could never work for a different owner. So if they were going to retire, then I had no choice. It was either buy <laughs> it or quit because <laughs> I couldn't do it any other way. So well, tell us a little bit more about the, the history of PNCC. Um, the, you know, I know the location is Elko, which is not a huge metropolis. To my knowledge, I could be wrong, and the, and the type of work you produce, and what you specialize in, if, if there is anything like that. We do quite a wide variety. Because it's a small town and there's not a whole lot of options in the town, it's been really good for our business because we get to branch out into pretty much any field we want to. Otherwise, the options are to go to one of the larger cities that are all about you know three to four hours driving distance away. So that being said, we do um, both 
we do like wide format, we do engineering, we do small format digital copies. We also still run a printing press. We do a lot of post-production bindery work. We do um, with the graphic design and advertising. We make signs of all sizes on all substrates. And we also have gotten into the, since COVID, the promotional industry and the apparel industry. And actually our apparel is almost growing too big. It's crazy how much we've been doing of apparel lately. And then just recently, just this year, we got into engraving. We bought an engraver and now we do custom oh, okay. engraving as well. Okay. All right. And that engraving wood, metal, glass? Well, right now, Kurt has guns sitting behind oh, him. For I see that. The, <laughs> yeah, for the local, uh, the Nevada Department of Wildlife for volunteer gifts. We're engraving the stock of a gun to give to their okay. volunteers. So we oh, do a little nice. bit of everything. Little but bit of everything. Very nice. We, we just had a lot of customers that need, you know, gifts for employees in that and we've had to outsource them for years and it just seemed kind of counterproductive to what they needed and it was a great way to bring new businesses in that hadn't used us previously and let them learn more about us and then we can we've since then we're capturing other parts of their business as well we're capturing more of their other promotional products and now they need a banner and now they need you know their printing done and yeah it's it's been a good a good thing so far as far as Nevada goes, Nevada is really a, um, our town is v heavily dependent on gold mining and very, I would say the only other thing besides that is the construction base, which all supports the gold mining because after you prepare your land and you, you get your gold mine, when they do shut down, you have to then go in and do reclamation work to return it back to a natural habitat. So that even if a gold mine only has 20 years, you could have another, you know, I don't know, 10 years after that of reclaiming, maybe even longer. I don't really know how long it goes, but many, many years of fixing the land. So there's there's constantly construction and agricultural and um, industrial type work going on okay. here in the area. It's interesting, and I found this interesting when we first met, that we still mine for gold. I was not aware of that, so that's, that's exciting. Yeah, so, I believe I've been told we have one of the largest, we're one of the largest providers for gold, I know in the United States, but I think we're on the the chart for the world as well. Oh. Nevada, most most gold comes from Nevada, at least statewide. Okay. So, Kurt, Janelle has a long history and background within this industry, and you do not. So, what? Tell us a little bit about your background and prior to becoming an owner of PNCC. What was your role, function, or career, I suppose. So I actually started out as a welder, um, got out of high school and went right into welding, and thought that's what I wanted to do with my life, and discovered shortly thereafter that it's very hard on your body, and I don't <laughs> want to do this for my entire life. <laughs> but I did 16 years with a cat dealer, and you know, after the opportunity came up for Janelle and I to buy the business, the uh, I had come in here a little bit after my surgery and and helped and learned the print press and decided that this really isn't that bad. I kind of enjoy doing this stuff. So when she uh, offered it to me that we could, you know, buy in and, and become the owners, I was all for it. And here we are. The rest is history. Yeah. So Janelle, in her graphic design, has a little bit of creative streak in her, I would imagine, probably more than a little bit. Mm -hmm. Once you've become involved in this business, changing 
from welding, which welding can be very creative. Do you do you have a creative side to you? Do you feel that being able to become out, be on display in your current role now? Uh, a little bit. I think it's not so much creativity as it is attention to detail and just all the little things. If it has to be just right for me to want to give it to a customer, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the laser engraving and trying to learn that, but I probably waste more than I should, but <laughs> I want it to be just right before it yep. goes out the door. Okay. Yeah. So, so you've got that attention to detail. Yeah. And I would imagine the skill level involved in welding does translate over into some of the skill and detail level um, needed for this industry as well. To a degree. I think the patience and learning is really there. Uh, trying to learn the print press reminds me a lot of machining of all the knobs and dials and getting it to run just right before anything else. Then you have to continually babysit it. Uh-huh. But it, it seems to remind me a lot of that. I was going to say, I think that's, that's part of it is, so we do still do the offset printing, but I think for Kurt too, his mechanical ability, what he being able to fix a massive, you know, haul truck that's the size of a house, gold mining equipment is bigger than anything you've ever seen. And the ability to, to troubleshoot and correct when something is mechanically wrong has translated really well into our bindery area for Kurt and for the printing press. He understands the mechanics of it being that we've seen a lot of people coming in the industry and they have, they, that's a big learning curve is understanding that. I think Kurt's done really well with that part too. Yeah. Having the ability to uh, maintain and fix equipment of any time is, is pardon the pun worth its weight in gold for our industry. So Janelle, I like how you ed- snuck that in there. Yeah, I got okay. to <laughs> <work> that in. <laughs> you know. Janelle, your educational background included psychology and social sciences. So how do we go from that to uh, the graphic arts and graphic design profession? You know, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I have no idea how I ended up there. I I think back, and I actually think I must have been more creative than I realized. I remember saving all my clothing tags when I was in high school because I loved the paper that the tags would come in, and they used to emboss with gold, and they would make really thick card stocks and these cool textures, and they, they were pretty. And I remember it was just a thing my friend and I, we did. We would just kind of save the tags because we liked them, and then when I started working here to go to college, because I thought I wanted to be a therapist, I realized maybe I like paper and ink a lot more than I realized before. I think I use the psychology background a lot when working in the marketing and helping customers and understanding it kind of is all still the same. You're still trying to have a conversation with someone and understand what they need out of that conversation because they can't just tell you clearly what paper they they need or what color they need or how they want it to look or what feel it needs to have. When I'm creating a logo, I have to understand, you know, how to make it stand out amongst its competitors, but have it convey a certain feeling based on the brand of the customer. And that all goes back into psychology. You know, there's psychology behind colors, there's psychology behind fonts, what they portray, how they make you feel. It's kind of interesting there. It does lend itself well into the industry, even if it wasn't specifically something that I studied directly. Absolutely. Yeah. Kurt, if I recall from some of our discussions, you did work for a customer of PNCC before joining the business. Um, Did y'all have any relations there at between customer client or were you in a different role or did y'all, how was that relationship? Really a different role because being a mechanic and being in field service, you didn't ever really deal with the sales guys or 
any other people that might, you know, actually come into PNCC. But it was quite interesting once we uh, bought the business and I was still doing mechanicing at the same time as starting out owning it and making sure everything was going to run smoothly, I had a lot more people coming up to me and asking me for things and, can you do this, can you do that, as soon as they found <laughs> out that we owned it. But before, just as working for the cat dealer now, I, we didn't, I didn't ever hear anybody, you know, I think we had one guy from another division that would come in here and I just knew who he was, but I think he was really the only one that ever came into print and copy to get anything done. So Janelle, at what point during your tenure at PNCC did you, and you mentioned you weren't going to go work for anybody else. Did you realize or make the decision? Yes, I want to purchase this business. I didn't like come up with the idea. Uh, the previous owners actually are like parents to us. They don't have children and they were very close. My kids consider them like their grandparents. And they actually approached me. I was only probably had, I had probably been here less than five years and they oh. approached me about it and said, and Tammy, the previous owner likes to laugh at her husband because she goes, I can't believe you said that to her when she was like 24 or whatever. But he did, he said, I could see you owning this business one day, you have a mind for it. And I, I'm glad he did that because I needed a lot of time to really digest that thought. I never saw that in my future. I never saw us owning a business. I never thought I would be smart enough or capable to do it. And I think I needed him to push me to think about it. Um, and then we, we, I had, our kids were very young at the time. I was, I was in and out part-time, full-time. So we waited a long time until the kids were a little older before we decided to, to bite the bullet, so to speak. And then COVID hit, so we had to wait a little longer, but yeah. So when did you take ownership completely? Um, it'll be a year in a couple oh, wow. weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, it was October 1st of 2022. The what business, your... though, has been around since 1986. So okay. it was nice because I, I bought into something that was very secure in the, in the community. And being that it's a small town and Kurt and I grew up here, we know the community very well. We know all the people. We know all of our – we know all of our um, – customers we see them at the grocery store and they say hi to us and our kids are at soccer games together and so. so coming out of COVID and getting ready to purchase this business what was your biggest fear mine was failure mm -hmm. who would want to tank down a company that had been around for over 30 <laughs> years I mean that's embarrassing <laughs> how bad <laughs> and, and I, I don't know if that's just our generation because I feel like you know previous generations didn't have as much fear. They just went out and started businesses all the time. It, there was no there was no terrifying failure going there. And I don't know if social media has made it worse because if you do fail now, you feel like everybody's gonna know everybody about it because it's a public record, right? Like, yeah. let me go, let's all just go share this horrible story that I saw. Right. So. Kurt, what about you? When the decision was made that y'all were gonna buy this business, what was your biggest fear? I'm just making it work because for me, this is, completely different from what I used to do. So you almost walk into it just not having a clue. And I still don't have a clue because people will come up to me and ask me questions about something. And it's like, I don't know. Right now, I'm just an employee and I'm still learning everything. But it's just failure is a big one, too, because it's a big financial risk to, to step into something like this. But fortunately, so far, it's worked out really nicely. And it's been good for us. It's been nice having the time at home and more time with the kids and, and all that. 
when you started the discussion of purchasing the business, was the plan for Kurt to come full time within a year or two? It was for me. I told him I wouldn't do it without him. Okay. There was no way I could take yeah. this on without him here. Yeah. I think once we bought the business and he, he would, so he actually would work Sunday through Thursday as regular job and he would pull like close to 70 hours in just five days. And then he, on Fridays, he would come be here full day and he was getting burned out pretty quick. He only, I think we only did that for maybe five months, six months, but he tried really hard to, to be everything he could be. And once he started coming here a couple Fridays and it was middle of winter, he's like, yeah, no, I'm done. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to go work at the press shop. <clears throat> do you have any hesitation about bringing Kurt into the business? But obviously not. That was part of the plan. Um, I'm sure I'm sure she did. She just won't admit it. She just won't admit it. I, I think I was a little scared because you don't want to see, you don't want to see your business life affect your personal life in a negative way. So I wasn't, even though I needed him here and he's, we've we've grew up together we've known each other since like eighth grade and we were best friends all through high school so for me it was that i know i can be around him all the time and never get bored of him or tired of listening to him <laughs> talk but what would happen if a fight at, or a disagreement at work would carry over at home that part that got to me a lot is i i wanted to make sure we went into it wide-eyed and aware that that you know i've heard a lot of and i watched the married couple in the business and they always did it so well but you know that can be an issue you know, working with sure. your spouse. So yeah. that part was concerning. Yeah. I mean, you know, have you ever just had the thought, maybe you do need to send him out on a road trip every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes on an errand. He just goes, he just and goes, goes on site on measurements. <laughs> and, and from what I've seen, again, I've, I met you a couple years ago at the NPSOA conference. And I noticed this last conference, you had uh, your, your kids with you. You've got two <clears throat> high school or junior high school age children. Mm -hmm. So it looks like you all have done a very good job, from my ob observation, of, of a good work-life balance or balancing uh, the family with the business. What's, what's the secret to that? I don't know. If I, when I figure it out perfectly, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every day you just try something different, you know, and you know what really matters and what's really important to your children and you just make it work. And if that means that I'm gonna go to a soccer game, and we did this last fall actually, you go to a soccer game, or in the spring you go to a soccer game and then you come back to the office for a couple more hours. Or, you know, and we brought her back and we have dinner together in the office and then they went home and I continued to work and finish out the day because I had to leave early for that game. You just, I guess you just do what you gotta do and you know that the time is short and that, um, you really only have a couple years of doing it like this. Yeah. Realistically, once they turn 16, do they ever even want to hang out with you? I no. mean, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> seems no. like they get a license and a life and suddenly you're not very cool, so. <laughs> so Kurt, when you were a new employee at PNCC, how was the onboarding or training like? Did Janelle have it all laid out for you, a formal onboarding program as the newbie on the block? Not really. Luckily we've had some employees here that have been here a really long time that were really good at training me and where I would be back in the binary department. That worked out good, but I'm still trying to learn some of the office stuff because I don't know if there's really a, an onboarding you can have for becoming a business owner. I don't think there's a manual no, for that. There, there, there's not. It's, just, it's right next to the parenting handbook. As well. Yeah. If you, can, if you find one, you find the other. 
We probably do need to teach him how to answer the phone, though, because we did laugh yesterday because he watched one of the girls who never answers the phone answer the phone, and he goes, did you just answer the phone? Oh, oh, I should do that, shouldn't I? <laughs> no, no, Kurt, no. Once you learn that, they'll <laughs> keep dumping more stuff on you. Ignorance is bliss. Trust me. There's a reason I hide in the back part of the office where, you know, there's no customers, you don't answer the phone. There's a reason to How many total team members how large is your staff at pncc if you count us we have nine people when kurt was being brought on board how was their reaction was there any apprehension thinking oh no another family member or was he welcomed with open arms he was celebrated they literally made him a sign and got him balloons on his first day because yeah right? they were so excited to have I, you know, we're all, we're an all female group except for Kurt. He's the only guy in the office. So there was a little bit of appreciation for the, the dude chill vibe that he brought. Everyone loves the guy that can make you laugh and like, like, you know, when you have a stressful day and somebody's over there kind of cracking a joke about something, it just reminds you to just take a breath and it's okay. And I think they needed that. And he did a lot of organizing, a lot of fixing, a lot of helping just carry heavy things and move them around and he was so supportive of creating a an environment that worked to the way Kurt and I work but also worked better for them that I think everyone was just incredibly grateful to have him there and he also Kate Kurt came in with such a humble attitude he won't say this but he came in just like I know nothing teach me just like he said there like you need to teach me I don't know anything and I think everyone that was so important for them because I, I can see that going a different way and how bad that would have been. And thankfully, that's just the kind of person he is. He's not afraid to say, I don't know. Show me what you know. So, Kurt, I'm making an assumption here that in working in the equipment and welding, it was probably a male-dominated environment. How does the change go from that environment to a female-dominated environment? It's different. There's uh, definitely a lot of the jokes that you you can't share that you used to be able to share with your coworkers, and the hu the humor <laughs> is way different as well. But it's been it's been good. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, it's it's been it's been a change for sure. But we have a really good team here, so it's been really nice to to be able to come in and. and and feel welcome here and not really like pushed off to the side of, Oh, you're the only guy we don't want to deal with you. So it has been nice, but it is, it is a change of pace for me. So what, speaking of change of pace, what, what are your typical daily duties in the production side or the maintenance side or all of that? What, what all roles have you taken on at PNCC? Well, I run the press when needed. Um, I learned a lot of the bindery, uh, I'm starting to learn some of the signs, not so much the output of the signs, but the application of the signs to different substrates. Um, we have the laser engraver now that I've learned how to run that one. Just kind of whatever is needed and where I'm needed is where I'll bounce around. If signs is super busy, I'll go help in signs, or if bindery's backed up, I'll go help in bindery. It's just kind of, it's day by day. So it makes it, makes it fun. What type press do you run? It's a Heidelberg uh, Quickmaster. And how much of y'all's business is offset versus digital? Pretty small amount. We just keep it for when we get the really large run orders. So it's not very much, but it is handy when you've got like five to 10,000 sheets and they're just black ink and you know he can crank them out in a couple hours versus a whole day. 
And are most of those larger runs for your mining industry client? They are usually because it'll be um, some of their forms like an MSHA book or a safety book that's usually uh, run on two-part or three-part. So Mm -hmm. most of them usually are because then they go into being made into books or pads or something else. Yeah, a lot of them are either directly for the mining or for the contractors for the mining. So the the digital technology that we've seen that has affected some of our run lengths, shortening them, hasn't hasn't been affected by those for that type client, correct? No. Our local gold mine is one of the largest employers in the state of Nevada. They have over 7,000 employees. So it's a huge industry, and that's just here. That's right here in our, you know, I don't know, hour and a half from where our office is. So it's a big pull. They they do uh, they have their own little print shop at one of the sites, but it obviously gets overwhelmed. So we assist when when they need the larger runs, and especially on the carbon list. So we still do a lot of wrap books um, and a lot of hard hat stickers, and that's that's a thing. If you don't know, that's a thing. That's a thing. If you have a hard hat, you have to get stickers from every company you can, and you put them on your hard hat, and then you walk around in pride with that hard hat that you've all those stickers. I remember my mom actually ran haul trucks when I was a little girl, and she loved getting the, the Caterpillar stickers from the cat dealer, which would have been where Kurt worked, and they were like coveted because they didn't hand out as many. So my mom would walk around all proud as a peacock when she got one of those little Caterpillar stickers. It was really, that memory sticks with me to this day, and I understand how important those little stickers are to those employees. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like when you behind an RV on the road, all the stickers of where they've right. where they've traveled. Right now, it's like I guess the oh, stickers cool. of the tools they use. I don't know. <laughs> so, since both of you have taken ownership, what has been the biggest challenge in the past year? For me, it was changing roles. It was I'm still doing all the graphic design. I had hired someone else, but unfortunately they they decided they wanted to move to a different completely different state so that kind of took the training out of that so but taking on all the accounting and all the ar and and the management managing is hard i i don't think it's that is not for the the lighthearted you have to be a lot you have to have thick skin to be able to do that and you have yeah. to really remember your empathy even when you're feeling like your feelings got hurt, it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, you have to set yourself aside and really listen to what's being said and find ways to bridge that gap. I think that's been the hardest thing. We're actually, we're also very close in age. I think our employees are only like 10 years, 10, 15 years younger than us. So kind of makes it a little harder too, because we're very close. We were very friendly. And then I transitioned into this role of now I'm your boss boss. And that kind of took some adjusting for us to find our balance of what that meant for everybody. But I think that's been good. And then, you know, being parents when you have to stay late, longer hours. Kurt actually works less hours now than he used to, but I work a lot more. And so finding that balance, that was difficult. What about you, Kurt? So we've talked about the less hours and it's a a, uh, different kind of stress, I would imagine, from welding and going in and looking, you know, at the equipment, fixing the equipment 70, 80 hours a week to... Yes, lesser hours, but headaches are probably still there as an owner. What's been the biggest challenge for you? Other Aside from learning this industry and learning the equipment, what's been the biggest challenge for you? It's definitely the management aspect of it. I have never been a manager in any role or had like a supervisory role. So I've always been the guy that someone tells me 
what to go fix, and I go and fix it. But now I'm here, and you have to actually have other people do things for you versus I'm used to just taking care of it myself. So it's still really hard for me to see something that needs to be done and have to ask somebody else to go take care of it instead of just wanting to do everything myself. As young owners with a young family, um, where do you look to for motivation or inspiration in this industry? What keeps you, what keeps you going every day to keep plugging away and keep improving? That's a good question. I think both Kurt and I are built to be, we're very determined driven people. We just had this meeting yesterday actually talking about that. Like what's our end goals looking like? What, what are we working towards? And I think, I think for us, I was actually, I look back now and I realized I think I was really bored just doing the design and I was office manager, but it, it, that wasn't hard. That wasn't difficult for me. So I feel like I, we're just naturally people that need to have a lot to do. Otherwise we get bored out of our mind and we both actually get cranky when it gets slow because we're bored and I think that has made it a lot easier. We're very task driven and seeing the end result. And we're now starting to see new customers come in because they heard from a previous customer that Kurt and Janelle helped them with this project. And now they want to come back to work with Kurt and Janelle instead of print and copy. Like there's this personal tie to the company now that has been really exciting, exciting to see and being able to see more of, of that turnaround, I think has been very inspiring because it's just been so different. It's, they're not coming here just because the building is here and because it's been here since 1986. They're coming here now because they know us and they've had a good experience with us. And that's that's been really big for me. That's felt very motivating to want to keep doing more for people to be able to have more people want to come work with us. Tell us a little bit about Elko, Nevada. Um, it looks beautiful, the photos I've seen. Um, yeah, what what's life like in Elko? It's interesting. There's, I think there's a little bit of everything here, unless you want to go shopping and then you've got about five options. There's a, <laughs> we have a Walmart, but we don't have a Target or a Kmart. I find that hilarious. We were excited when we got Kohl's. <laughs> we got a Ross dress for less and they had the biggest grand opening that they've had, I think in like the entire Western United States. So that was kind of, that's kind of exciting fame right there. <laughs> really put us on the map now we have a lot of outdoor yeah. enthusiasts here we have beautiful mountains sure. to hike i mean they really are absolutely stunning we have um a lot of a lot of fishing areas um we're again very well known for that mining we very 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 outdoor here it almost makes it challenging in the printing industry though there is there's absolutely like no humidity so when we get a day of rain our paper curls up and it jams the presses oh. <laughs> And I, I remember one year watching the previous press operator during fair, which is our most stressful time for the Elko County Fair, running so many sheets in a day, so many impressions, and the paper was super damp, and we were closing every door and every seal we could to try to trap, and we turned off the swamp coolers, and we ended up investing in AC in the back that year because it was so bad after that. But that kind of creates a thing. The other thing is we have very, very hot summers and we have very, very cold winters. So our materials and our substrates are difficult to work with. Sometimes things that work in other areas do not work here. And we have to be a little more thoughtful of what we're supplying people with. So it's an interesting town, but it's a small town and everyone here, it's still very, very um, traditional in the sense of, you know, you help your neighbor and you support people and you you just work with 
your community to make it better and i think that's been really nice to see that return to supporting local has been really big since covid in this town which has been just wonderful and that's paid off for you too i would yeah. imagine it's paid off dividend yeah so kurt i realized then with again talking about your previous job the 70 80 hours a week now you've got more time are you able to take advantage of the outdoor activities and the outdoor life have more life outside your work since becoming an owner a little bit i've got a little bit more free time to go out take the dirt bike or the four-wheelers out and go ride around in the in the mountain or or even go fishing but i've also discovered that it's more time that i can spend at home doing yard work and all the other things <laughs> who did the yard work prior to that i did but it was uh it was you know, you're already dirty and grimy, so you'd come home from work and yeah. you'd, you'd spend 30 minutes yeah. doing a little bit of it. But now I can just spend a weekend day doing it instead. So there you go. Okay. He did buy a motorcycle, so don't let him fool you. He's enjoying riding that okay. to work right. every day. All right. It's not all it's not all work and no play. Exactly. Tell me about an incident that you posted quite a bit social media uh, this past spring or summer. Tell me about the Mormon crickets. <laughs> Oh, the crickets. We had employees threatening to quit if they made it to our building. <laughs> they were disgusting. <laughs> Those things are alien. Just alien. Is this an annual event? I mean, the photos I saw were these thousands upon thousands of crickets. Not only on the ground, they were covering walls and buildings and everywhere. It, it looked like something out of a horror movie. Our local hospital, they were climbing up the walls and they were like halfway up the building. I mean, it's absolutely astonishing how well they can climb stucco. It boggles my brain. But, yeah, they're here every year, but they usually don't make it into town. They're just in the outskirts, like out in the, the pucker brush, out in the weeds. But this year, yeah, they made it into the town. And it's funny to me because we actually live in the – there's a neighboring city that's about 20 minutes away that's more of a – it's rural with, you know, more out in the country. You would think we would get them out there, but we never once had a problem with them out where we live. And we were laughing about it because then the town was under attack and that, that you would think it'd be the opposite. But um, yeah. there were some buildings in our town that uh, my friend managed one of these other businesses and where they were coming in at, they would come up the building and then come in through the air vents and they were dropping down into their business Oh, just throughout God. the day, I just, I just think all the time if they had done that here, I'm pretty sure we would have had to like <laughs> call for FEMA or something because we just would not have gotten anything done. I could not work with crickets falling from the sky. Are they are they the size of regular crickets? No. Are they the size no. of locusts or they're they huge. huge? What would you call them? How big are they, Kurt? Like a couple inches long? Like yeah, they're. I'd say locust size because they're bigger than a grasshopper. What people don't understand is they stink to high heaven when they, and if you kill one, so they have the roadways out here get covered in them and they get ran over. And then it creates what they call the cricket slick where it's like gooey on the roads and it doesn't wash away. And they had to come power wash the roads with like a big street cleaner. And we have highways everywhere because we're so spread out. And they would, they were having accidents where people were trying to hit the brakes in those cricket slicks and they would just slide and go off the road. It's, it is a disgusting thing, but they smell so bad, like raw sewage. And then when one dies, they draw the other ones in to eat them. So it is, it is truly a plague when they hit the town. It is absolutely horrible. And they make this horrendous little crickety sound. I found one at the house and I made my 14-year-old son go kill it because I couldn't handle it. Tell me, you mentioned this earlier, 
and I've heard you talking about it, that one of your busiest times of the year is the um, Elko County Fair. What, what, all, what is, all is your role and involvement in that? Well, we've been doing the fair program since I've worked here, and I, I believe we're at least over 20 years we've been printing for them. The hardest part, the biggest challenge it comes with is that they get us the, the so it's actually horse races that happens during that time and they get us the horse races just days like two days before they need the programs and sometimes it's not so bad because you're only doing like 600 programs and they're 40 pages and you can do that on a copier but the second weekend we do 1200 we do three days of 1200 programs each day again 40 page 40 pages black and white so we end up bringing in the printing press for that because our copier just it would have to run 24 hours to get it done and it can be kind of stressful kurt was here uh, Friday night till like 10:30, finishing up the Monday races for Labor Day, and oh, him wow. and another employee, key employee, got it done. It, it's a, but it is our biggest project. The hardest part too is if some other jobs are coming in during that week and they want something big, you almost want to look at them and go, I, I just, I can't. I'm sorry, we're at, we're literally max capacity. We're overflowing with work. We order like 60,000 sheets of 20 pound 11 by 17 and it sits on a massive pallet in the back waiting to be used and to just watch it just fall as he prints through it is it's kind of crazy it's a it's a lot of printing you mentioned that amount of paper in your location are the do you ever have any supply issues with paper or yeah other consumables you know we never did until covid and now we have to order that paper i order it about a month in advance just to be sure we print our covers um again about four to six weeks in advance so that the covers because they're on astro bright stock and for us that's sometimes iffy to get so especially 11 by 17 size so we order all that well in advance we stock it and hide it in the office so that it's it's secluded and can't be used and uh we've had to really change i remember we used to order it like the weekend before fair it was no big deal but now we have to really plan ahead so why do you think uh, your customers choose you or keep coming back to PNCC? What's your secret sauce? I think they can just tell how much we care. We have really great front customer staff and they, when you walk in, you're greeted by name. They know who you are. They know your company. They, if they don't know, they're so excited to meet you. Just genuine. They're very genuine people. and. We really are, I, I almost feel like we're not just a printer, we're a solution provider. We had a lady that came in the other day that needed table centerpieces and we're doing the programs for her event and she needed just someone to talk to about what she should do for her centerpieces. And we came up with a really cute idea with an arrow sticking into a little um, jar she had. And that had nothing to do with printing, but we were able to just provide ideas for her because we understood her brand and we understood her business. And that's not something you're gonna get when you go to Vistaprint. Is the shop local a big uh, impetus there for you? Yeah, it is. I Again, I've seen a big pull since COVID hit. More and more people are starting to realize our prices are very comparable. When you add in the shipping, our turnaround times are pretty close. But again, that special touch of we care. We genuinely care about their business and helping them grow. And you've said this too, if you grow, I grow. So this works well for both of us. Let us help you be more successful and... I think people have been really good about that. The other thing that's great is just having a local store storefront. We find people that come in. We started offering free coffee once we bought it. 
and I'm not kidding how many people have come in to get that coffee. It cracks me up. And just, they stand in there waiting for their job or they're getting a couple copies made. And literally another guy will walk in and they go, oh, hey, Bill, how you doing? And they just all of a sudden have this whole conversation in our lobby. And just, we just sit around and keep doing what we're doing, waiting for them to be done. Yeah. It, and it come the local gathering place you can't beat it kind of is i love that part of it because i am such a i'm such a believer in small towns i believe in in helping people i believe in the the neighborly way and being able to see two people that haven't seen each other in a couple months they walk in and you get the how the heck are you I, I love that i love that what inspiration or motivation do you have for the young print owners in our industry or or the younger folks who are working or maybe considering this industry, what, what would you say to them? I think I would say, do, do it, do it. Even if you're afraid, like don't let the fear be the thing that holds you back. At the end of the day, I really asked myself, do I want to spend my whole life just doing what anyone can do, which is just be an employee or do I want to try to do something remarkable? I don't want to live a life of mediocrity. I want to push myself to be the most I can be. And even if that means I am terrified while I'm doing it and I'm going to make mistakes and I'm, I'm inevitably going to fail at something, it's okay because I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to get better and that's all you have to do. Very well put. Okay, now we, as we wrap up, we always ask a few questions that you may or may not have been prepared for. And since we are, I have three of us here, the first one to answer, I guess, wins the prize of which there is none. But we'll ask a couple of these. Some are either or, some are just open-ended. So I'll start with, who is the better golfer? Well, I think it depends on the day, and I, depend, I think it depends on the club, too. You know, there's some days that that one club isn't working for one of us, but it works for the other one. So it, it, it it's definitely a, it's a trial by error. You gave me a pronunciation lesson early on with Nevada versus Nevada. Is it envelope or envelope? Envelope. Kurt? Envelope. El Dorado or El Dorado? <laughs> El Dorado. El Dorado. <laughs> See, in Arkansas, it's El Dorado. So. Yeah, you Midwesterners. That's right. Caterpillar or John Deere? Oh, around here, definitely Caterpillar. That's a, that's a no-brainer. Everybody around here is yellow. <laughs> Don't see a lot of green. Gold or silver? Gold. Definitely gold. Okay. In the silver state. Crickets or locusts? Neither. <laughs> Do you know they're so bad the dog won't even eat them? Like my oh, dog will eat bad. a moth, but it won't even that's, eat a cricket. That's bad. Mm. What's your favorite date night? Golf. Yeah, we just we've we've found we do not do well just sitting at a table staring at each other because all we do is talk about work. So we golf. Okay, golf yeah. is your favorite date night. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, Janelle and Kurt, this has been fun. I do greatly appreciate your time. I love the story. And, you know, one more question. What What's next for Print and Copy Center? I think, I think we've got some fun things coming up, some big things coming up, some new industries we want to tap into, some new services we want to expand. But uh, we'll have to just let everyone see. All right. Yeah. Kurt, anything you want to add in your final parting words? It's definitely a different industry than what I did, but it's been very enjoyable. So I like it. I think we got the ink in his blood. There we go. It doesn't take long. And once you get it in, you can't get it out. So. Nope. Well, I appreciate you both. And this will wrap up another episode of our 40 Under 40, where we are highlighting the 
rising rock stars of our industry. To all of our listeners out there, thank you. And as we always say, get out there and make a good impression. Thank you again to our sponsor, Konica Minolta, for their support of our 40 Under 40 podcast. With their cutting-edge printing technologies and commitment to excellence, Konica Minolta continues to empower the next generation of industry leaders. Stay tuned for more inspiring episodes, and remember to visit konicaminolta.us for the latest advancements in print technology. Thank you for listening.